Here we are again. Here we are again. Uh, that is Leanna. I am Ed. She is Red. I am Ed. I don't have, like, another nickname. Like, you've got, your name is Leanna. Leanna K. You got Red. I'm just Ed. Right, but it rhymes. Ed and Red, yeah. Yeah. It's a match made in heaven. Yes, and it's Canadian entertainment, so you don't need another name. That's right. Yeah. That's right, because they can't keep track of two names uh, for Canadian entertainers. Yeah, it's it's just them them knowing one of your names is enough. Yeah, because you know we don't have celebrities in Canada. We no. have people people who other people may have heard of. Right. That's it. There's no celebrities and in then, Canada. And then people who are on American shows. They're celebrities. Yeah, yeah. They're they're celebrities. Like a guy like say uh, Nathan Fillion. Oh, He's, celebrity. He's Canadian, but he's a celebrity because, I mean, he's he's a star of a uh, major U.S. show. Yeah, but in Canada, a good show. Yeah, in Canada, no, there's a reason they all they all end up working in the U.S. To be in Canadian entertainment, by and large, is like being a civil servant. In a Not sense. even a civil servant. You get a pension. Yeah, and you get yeah, and, and you get a union and prote- get, basically a get, protected job. You get benefits, although there is a union action right now um, with uh, uh, black actors and actresses. That in Canada, yeah, they filed a grievance that hair and makeup artists are not properly trained, and it's about time because I've witnessed that personally. They're not properly trained for uh, makeup uh, for black people's uh, makeup needs and hair needs. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. Yeah, it's uh, I mean, I I have a bit of an understanding of this because I'm so pale that it's really easy to mess up a makeup color and have it be either too dark or, you know, too orange or too pink or too something. But the the hair is a thing as well. When I when we did the late night show, I wore a lot of like wigs and extensions and stuff like that. I still still wear wigs for certain things. And apparently makeup artists are uh, clipping, tightly clipping back wigs and certain very expensive wigs are called lace fronts. You can actually tear the wig doing that if you're not careful. And because there are, there is not a reliable supply of hair and makeup people in Canadian entertainment that can deal with black hair and skin, apparently black, actors and actresses are showing up already done up to make sure it's done right. So they're incurring greater charges or taking more of their time. And that's not fair. So they've actually issued a grievance and good for them. I don't know if what you just said, it was more of a YouTube video or a Ted talk. Why? Because there were, it was information laden and very specific. It's uh, it, it was interesting. Well, it, it is interesting. I mean, now I wonder if any other, uh people of ethnic persuasions that's a dumb term ethnic persuasion you can't persuade somebody's ethnicity you can't like hey hey would you like to be chinese like you can't persuade right and ethnicity right Um, unless you're rachel dolezal or whatever the heck that oh yeah that woman who claimed that she was black even though she was pure as the driven snow yeah um speaking of snow interesting thing happened to me this week if you're uh, listening from outside of the uh, Toronto area, we got a huge dump of snow. It's been a very snowy winter. 
You uh, said dump. I said dump. Uh, I did that on purpose because I love the word dump and I put it in wherever I can. Well, more accurately, it's been a very snowy January. I remember people complaining in December that it was weird weather and there was no snow. And I was always, wait, wait, it's Canada. It'll catch up. Just don't. Just yeah, wait, I hate, man. I hate those people. Wait. Yeah. There's never a reason to complain when there's no snow. Mm-hmm. Never. Anyway, a uh, lot of snow out on the old driveway. So I uh, put on the toque and uh, my, my, my special size coat and I got my specially equipped shovel and ready to go outside and shovel the driveway. And I discover my neighbor had already done it with his snowblower. Well, that was very nice of him. I, I actually went out there and stood there dumbfounded. Like, <laughs> is it possible that the snow didn't fall on this part of the driveway? Like, okay, there's trees over top. Maybe the trees absorbed. No, that's not possible because I see the marks of the snowblower. And he, he didn't say a thing to me. He just it, did it and, it and was gone. I do notice that the further you get away from Toronto proper, the nicer your neighbors get. That, that Actually, I should, I should put a caveat on that. Downtown, people have neighbors and neighbors help each other. The minute you get into the inner suburbs, it it is like the Hunger Games, you know, and then then you get out into further, further outside of that, you know, further outside of that kind of ring of the 905. And all of a sudden people start being nicer again. It's just that that inner suburb around Toronto. It's not a good place. <laughs> well, you know, you lived there for years. Yeah. Well, OK, I lived in. I lived in very, two very different parts of the inner suburbs of Toronto. I don't even know if um, uh, Jane Finch, or as they call it now, West Toronto, is considered the inner suburbs anymore, whether that's part of, because it's, you know, south of Steeles. But, I mean, there was more of a community feeling there when I lived there than, you know, Vaughn or Markham or something like that. I would never live in Vaughn, Richmond, Hill, or Markham again. Uh, people are going to be mad at me for saying this, but there is just no sense of community there in real terms at all. There are community centers, there are community events, but there is no real sense of community. Everyone's trying to outdo each other with the size of their house and the size of their car and this and that. It, it was awful. Well, I'm glad that you've survived and lived to tell the tale. Yeah, okay, in terms of problems, right? Not the most... Not the well, most gripping, but still. I gotta I gotta take a card over to uh, my neighbor to thank him for doing that, and I'm gonna put in a little extra like gift card, yeah, um, as basically a motivation so he does it again. Yeah, but I mean that's you still don't have to, right? Like that's that's a neighborly thing to do as well that they probably wouldn't do where I used to live. If if you went onto somebody's property, they'd probably call the cops because everybody's afraid of everyone. Um, well. I used to live in the inner suburbs as well. Yeah. And uh, where I spent a number of years in my house, uh, if the neighbor could have used his snowblower to blow snow onto my driveway, he would have. Yeah, see, that that's more what I was used to as well, living there. And, and you know, people go there because it's allegedly a better quality of life and all that stuff. But is it really? Like, is it really? A lot of free parking. I guess, but you have to survive the parking lot of people with these giant SUVs that aren't paying attention. Well, I knew somebody who got a giant SUV because she knew she was a bad driver. 
and she wanted protection around her. I, I was actually looking up because a friend of mine texted me and said, when you moved out of the city, did your car insurance rates go down? And I, I looked up car insurance rates for different parts of, of the GTA. And yeah, that, that like Vaughn Richmond Hill area higher than downtown Toronto. Because there's probably worse drivers. People are not paying any attention. Also downtown Toronto, it's harder to have an accident because you're always bumper to bumper. Also, I suspect probably more expensive cars. In uh, the inner suburbs? Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. Um, I, let's uh, move on to something else. Because mm-hmm. uh, now, now that we've trashed entire parts of the city. Well, because it just makes me remember that I got to get that card to the neighbor. And, yeah. and uh, I don't want to think about that. I got to get my uh, health card renewed. That's always a, a fun chore, oh, isn't it? That, as soon your, birthday's, as, your birthday's coming up. Yeah, happy birthday to me. I got to get my, my driver's license is done. That was that was easy. I could do it online. But as soon as you get that thing in the mail, I don't know about you, my stomach starts hurting because I know it's going to be an odyssey every single time. And it says you may be able to renew online. You know, many people can renew online. And OK, I go to the online thing. Of course, I fill it all out and no. No, I, I cannot renew it online. I have to go into one of those Service Ontario things. And so there's three different websites I have to go to to find out what I need for uh, to get my health card renewed. It is not it is the worst constructed website for this sort of thing I have ever seen. And the piece of paper actually has the different websites that you have to go to because it's not it's not as simple as go here and here are the steps you need to get your health card. We're going to help you. No, it's it's go to Ontario.ca locations, the Ontario.ca appointment and Ontario.ca uh, renew cards and all this. And I'm like, people are earning like government pensions designing websites this bad well i mean uh, how many of those government uh, websites are hosted on geocities well none of them but you know some some places take appointments some places don't and you know the the documentation you you need i don't know how people get a health card renewed if they don't drive because a driver's license is such a a major thing. Like if you don't have a driver's license and or a passport, I don't know what people do. Well, there are people who don't have a driver's license or a passport. I, I mean, guess people who never left the country. I guess uh, you use your birth certificate. I don't know. There's no picture on the birth certificate because when you were born, you look different than now. Well, yes, that's true. But that's proof of citizenship. Right. Proof of identity. You need proof of citizen, proof of residency and proof of identity. Oh, well, Um, I guess I I understand that in a sense, because there's been so much health card fraud because our our system is so uh, it covers so many health procedures. There has been a lot of health health care fraud and uh, health card fraud. So I understand them wanting to make sure that they're not giving health care to some Ah, that's came in from from someplace else. That's apparently a, live here. That's apparently a very small problem. Well, fraud is always a very small problem. Governments like to who are campaigning like to make out 
like it's, it's this huge problem fraud. And every time they investigate fraud, whether it doesn't matter what it is, welfare fraud, election fraud, whenever they, uh, they investigate it, they discover that the actual problem is like 1%. Like it's, it's minuscule and inconsequential. Yeah, but whenever you hear, so whenever you're out there, people, whenever you hear people talking about, we need to investigate this fraud, fraud is rampant. Just know that every time they do that, they make a big splash talking about how fraud is rampant and they create this notion in people that fraud is everywhere and everyone's a, a fraudster. Um, but when the actual report comes in, they don't get, it doesn't get a lot of press because it actually says, you know what? All things considered, this is practically a zero fraud situation. Yeah, I, I have a friend who used to actually investigate fraud for the Ministry of Health. And the, fraud does happen in the system, but it's not, it's not the things that politicians campaign on. The thing that gets me though, Ed, is that you need all this stuff for your health card because, oh, geez, fraud. People want to go to the doctor. But for my driver's license, there was this question, are, are you barred from driving for any reason? Has a doctor told you not to drive? And all you have to do is tick a box, yes or no. So I have to present like a whole bunch of documents that show up in person because of health card fraud, but whether it's safe to operate a one ton piece of machinery that might kill another person. No, that's just the honor system. It's well, just you know, so messed up. You know how I feel about the honor system. <laughs> that isn't a system. That's wishful thinking. But I mean, okay, I'm glad that I, I don't have to go through this whole process for two things. I just have to go through it for one. I'm glad the driver's license was easier, but still, you know. Well, I, I wish you good luck and an early yeah. happy birthday. Thank you. This is just, uh It's just one of those things that's a pain, but it's not like, it's not a real hardship, but it's enough of a hardship to be annoying, to be difficult. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You're drinking. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I could water. hear that, that, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, sounded that, like somebody with their lips sealed. That sounds, well, you may be able to hear the ice that I'm, um, sucking on too. You're sucking on ice? Yeah, it's that time of year, man. Just constantly, uh, constantly dry. Oh, because of the artificial heat. So I was thinking, you, there, it's not the time of year when you have trouble getting ice. Step outside. No, but do, do you have this thing where you, you go outside and if you get really cold, then you get hot? That's only if you're suffering from, suffering from hypothermia. Serious hypothermia. Okay. When Maybe you're suffering it's... from serious hypothermia, your body starts telling you that it's actually super hot rather than cold. And that's why they'll find people out in the snow who've taken their clothes right off because their, their brain's misfiring because they're so cold. It's telling them that they're too hot. P apparently that's also a, a potential after effect of the COVID booster. So I just Lying looked it naked up. in the it's snow? Like, like, okay, no, that, that sensation that, you know. Um, cool sensation of a peppermint patty? Vasomotor symptoms. All right, now you're talking big words. Yeah. All right. Um, we're going to go to a break. Uh, we are going to talk about news. We're going to talk about uh, the truckers, which okay. rhymes with another word. Um, we're going to talk about the uh, conservative party giving the old boot to Aaron O'Toole. Um, and we're going to talk about other things. Um, 
but I find it's not good to promise more than two things because we often don't get to three or four. Yes. So when we come back, we're going to talk about the truckers or as the hashtag says on Twitter, the flu trucks clan. Um, <laughs> that was pretty clever. That was yeah, pretty clever. Flu trucks can. I lo- I, clan. I love that. It's a bit of a tongue twister too. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll be talking about that and then talking about Aaron O'Toole and uh, uh, federal conservative politics. And I know there's a lot of people out there that listen to the station that are conservative. So all I can say before we do that thing is suck it. All right. Jeez. We'll uh, we'll be back after this on Saga 960 AM. Trucks plan, Leanna. That's what online social media on Twitter was labeling the so-called freedom convoy, which uh, made its way across uh, Canada to Ottawa and has clogged up Ottawa streets like uh, a turd that won't flush. Um, they have blocked streets. They've effectively blocked uh, uh, transit and ambulances. They have been uh, seen, uh, been a lot of reports of these truckers harassing citizens, uh, people who are wearing masks, telling them, take the mask off, it's all over, take it off, following people, harassing them, uh, peeing and defecating in public places, doing it on the tomb of the unknown soldier, um, desecrating the Terry Fox statue, mm-hmm. burning the Canadian flag, uh, flying flags of the Confederacy and the Nazi flag. Um, and these are people supposedly there to protect our freedom. Like they're so in, <clears throat> in their own Kool-Aid. They actually think that because there's a number of them in that concentrated area, mm-hmm. and it seems like a lot of people that they actually represent more people than they do. They don't even represent a majority of truckers. They represent a minority of truckers and the truckers themselves are a minority of a minority of Canadians and Canadians in the last election voted for two parties. Uh, you know, that uh, supported mandates, um, the Liberals and the NDP. And so their combined vote is, is majority. Um, and these people have issued ultimatums. They've said that uh, they demand a plan for the end of all mandates. And it's like, who the hell are you to demand anything? Who the hell are you to pull your rigs in and say, we're not going to stop causing uh, dis- distress and disarray in this city until you give us what we want. Those, that's, that's terrorism. At the very least, it's blackmail. And who the hell, why do they think that their little rump of a minority gets to dictate how public health is conducted when the majority of the country is against them? Do you actually want an answer to that? Or was that a, hypo- was that a rhetorical question? Well, most of my questions are rhetorical, but- That's I, but why I asked. But, but I would like actually, if there is an answer, I would like an well, answer. I've been I've been I have some people I talk to online who are more of that persuasion than, you know, sort of the the norm in Canada, which sort of leans more liberal. And it's this idea that if all those other people, as they call them, SJWs, right, social justice warriors, if they can scream and yell and get stuff then why can't we? 
because they they see all of that as you know threats to their way of life and they see and and this is a very long and complicated conversation and whether or not real lasting change is happening because of you know the 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 this more special i will say i will be trying to be kind of my language here the more special parts of the left right whether they are actually helping or hurting various causes my special parts leanna means the pains in the ass the the people out there like swarming people online and screaming and yelling and and stuff like that and they're called the illiberal left uh, that that's one name for them or but the left delete what is it well, the the there's a lot of names. The the uh, control left as opposed to the alt right. Yeah, control left. Yeah, yeah. I like that so, one. The control left because yeah, they act like dictators. Yeah, so you know, there's this misperception in certain parts of people who who like lean more right wing that those people are just getting away with a ton of things and and that you know they have so much control over the discourse and and how things you know move, especially in Canada. Um, that they're like, well, we're going to do the exact same thing. And I don't you know, remember any. Uh, uh, first of all, the, the people on the far left can't do a protest where they pull their vehicles into uh, uh, you know, city streets because most of them don't have driver's licenses. They prefer public transit. So I don't remember any time where there has been any kind of protest that has disrupted um, and caused disarray in a city by left wingers. I mean, they're annoying <laughs> as hell online with their well, purity tests. But when was... have they ever when have they ever uh, followed people home yelling at them or blocked uh, blocked city streets so the ambulances can't get through and school buses can't get through? Well, see, that's the thing. I, I had discussions with this with people online and the general consensus was that in terms of left wing protest, they can cite individual examples of each behavior, but not all of them at once and certainly not for this long. And that was a very interesting thing, because these were these are people who, you know, don't like left wing protesters that were admitting that. Yeah, there there is there are some kid gloves here that don't happen when other other types of protesters even remotely reach this point. Well, let's let's not tap dance. Uh, indigenous protesters, they're the RCMP is there right away and breaks a- up the protest. Apparently, that's not necessarily true. Apparently, there are this group of indigenous protesters that sort of when the weather's nicer, they're there like every weekend in Winnipeg and they just sort of show up. They don't have a permit. They protest. They go home at the end of the day. And people are just like, well, I'll avoid that part of downtown today. Um, that's a, that's a, see, unfortunately, that's an ineffective protest because it's uh, it, it's allowing people to continue with their lives without any disruption see, at all. And I, that's <sighs> if, if it's just something you do every weekend, um, you know, like like going to play like lacrosse or curling or you're, something you're you're hearing my noises of frustration right ed oh is that what that was well because this is when i start going okay define effective protest well if it becomes something that's just routine then it just becomes part of the background noise the thing about a protest is are, it's got to be loud sure? enough to draw attention like, and possibly initiate some kind of change where uh it it, it, it appears that change is actually prudent okay but no single no single action can be expected to just 
huge change. We show up for one day and we're going to change everything or even a couple of weeks. The reality is that protest movements that are effective, it is that that constant they, you know, the the uh, for instance, the the anti-apartheid movement, for instance, in South Africa, it took years. It took years of civil disobedience and, you know, a lot a lot of lobbying to actually get any movement on that. I actually think that th that sort of, for instance, indigenous protest is more effective because if you ask the average person in Canada, whether they think indigenous people have been mistreated, the general like, consensus is yes, right? So that, I mean, that is movement. I think 15 years ago, people would be, there'd be a lot more, ah, oh, what are they complaining about? Now there's a lot more awareness of the fact that, yes, people were badly mistreated because uh, merely because of their indigenous status. There's much more awareness of it. The question is, what do we do about it? Well, and that's, that's a much harder you know, that, that actually requires a solution instead of just air quotes caring. And that does take time. It takes time to craft decent policy. It takes time for, you know, restitution payments to work their way through the courts and be dispersed. And that was a, that was quite a back and forth that finally seems to be at least in, in, in one major class action case being resolved. But these things take time. I think that there has been more movement because of of peaceful indigenous pro protests than these these jerks and the this this I don't know even know what to call it because th th these are people showing up and you know ruining people's day because they can and because they're getting millions of dollars from GoFundMe right though that stopped now but they they released a million dollars before they went hey maybe some of this money is sketch um. Well, just you look in Toronto when homeless people are in a park, you'll get police out there with batons. But and, and they're not. Well, that's happening. Not, that's happening less and less and less. They're, people are, they're, like, we're not, they're helping. Not cool. They're harming people. Uh, not at all, really. They're, they're 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 people who need space. They're citizens. They deserve uh, a space. They so they use a park. Um, it's well, not that's blocking, a, it's not blocking. It's not doing what the people in Ottawa are doing. What the people okay. in Ottawa are doing is far worse, and the police are just letting them go. They're facilitating it. And I understand that I, the people who, who that's show not, up, the people yeah, that's who show not up there are looking for a fight. I want to. I want to make sure we're factual in covering this. That it is not true. The police are doing nothing. The police are issuing tickets. They have arrested two people, possibly more. It's. It's the coverage has not been great out of this. So I'm, I'm sort of getting bits and pieces from sources I sort of deem reliable. Uh, you know, the RCMP is getting more involved now. As of today, there's more there's more officers, there's more personnel down there, you know, doing something about this. I don't want to say the cops in Ottawa are doing nothing. There is going to be a lot of debate about how this was handled. And the, and the truth is, there's a lot of debate of how anything like this is handled. Remember the, the G20 protests in Toronto a few years ago? Yeah, that didn't. But the, the I mean, the police were pretty active in that. And that's there's got to be a mid there's got to be a yeah, mid ground. That's the thing. I think this this is partially overcorrection, partially the mayor of Ottawa 
his messaging was probably not the best because, you know, if I'm a peaceful indigenous protester and I hear, well, we're letting them stay there because we don't want violence. I'd, I'd be like, what? Like you're rewarding them because of the propensity for violence. That's wrong. That's in, you're, you're yielding to intimidation. And I, I don't truly believe that that is what the police are doing. I, I think there are other reasons. Do you want to go to a break and come back and talk about this more or should we just All right, keep let's rolling? Go to a, yeah, we'll okay. go to a break. Okay. All right. We'll this, is longer, this is longer than like 45 seconds. Um, okay. We will come back and talk more about this trucker convoy. Um, and uh, I hate them. That's all I'm telling you. We'll be back on uh, Ed and Red on Saga 960 AM. <laughs> We're talking about the uh, the trucker freedom convoy, and uh, I won't call it that. No, it's, it's such nonsense. Um, they uh, they're 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 adapting American vernacular, which is something that's disturbing. The whole they're, they're the whole... adapting American tactics and funding. Let's face it, there's yes, a there... big American influence in this. Yes, there's a lot of American money has been shown to be fueling this thing, and I don't like that the Americans are uh, fueling dissent and funding dissent in our own country, trying to, the same people who create chaos in the US right now are the people who are exporting that chaos to Canada. They're well, finding that they're, they're inflaming people who have uh, nursing grievances, exactly like they did in the US. They're supporting them, they're facilitating them, and they're sicking them on the, uh, on the establishment. And well, by establishment, I don't mean bad things, I mean government. Certain, and I, I want to be very, very clear that when I start talking about, you know, the, the right-wing media phenomenon in America, this is a completely separate thing. We don't have proper language between, you know, the average Canadian conservative. Sorry, that was a uh, delivery and my dog is going crazy. Uh, should we wait for this to does pass? The dog, does the dog ever stop? Uh... Okay. Oh, sounds like the dog stopped. He settled. All right. Okay. So should I pick that up so you can edit that out? No, let's keep going. All right. So I want to be clear that average, you know, conservative voter in the 905 in Ontario, not the same as American right-wing media. So I don't want anybody that leans conservative thinking I'm, you know, I'm lumping them in because that's what these these operators try to convince people of is, oh, people just hate conservatives. There's a huge difference between somebody who just sort of leans more right in terms of financial models and whatnot and this nationalistic identity politics stuff that is is wedged basically to keep money flowing places right so i i want to be very very clear about that but the the u.s right-wing media 
is leveraging some of this stuff that happens in Canada. That is a big part of the reason that Jordan Peterson is a household name, not because of Canada, because the, the, you know, people like, and I don't really consider Joe Rogan a part of any group, but guys like Joe Rogan have him on talking about things that he knows nothing about. But he's got a doctor in front of his name. So people think he must know something. He's a psychologist that dabbles in philosophy. Let's have him talk about climate change. Right. Um, Just ridiculous. But when something like this happens, I've been talking to American friends of mine and they have such a completely warped view of what is going on. They actually think that it's about just needing a vaccine to cross the border as a trucker. And I think that stopped being what this was about about 15 minutes after the first truck showed up. Well, uh, when the American media grabs these dubious individuals like Theo Fleury, former uh, uh, hockey player who's clearly taken too many pucks to the head, um, who's insane. He's unhinged. His tweets are insane. Like, the, the, like he's crazier than a, a, a crap house rat. Um, right. he's, uh, his stuff doesn't have any substance or information behind it. It's, it's like pure id. He's right. not. He, and, and why, if you're Fox News, and you want commentary, political commentary and analysis of what's going on in Canada, would you go to a deranged ex-hockey player? Because he'll say what they want. Exactly. And he's, he has no status, this person. He is not associated with any research institute. He has not written any books. He is not known to be educated in the ins and outs of of politics and culture. He's just a dumb ex-hockey player. And People keep listening to this. I find him amusing because he responds to my tweets and he's so stupid that he doesn't know when I'm making fun of him. Right. He doesn't like I like that. I, I every time I make a uh, shoot a tweet at him, I'm just imagining another puck hitting his head. Um, but, you know, these are the people that become stars like that woman who calls herself the Queen of Canada, who was being uh, treated like a celebrity in Ottawa, this lunatic woman who uh, told her 72,000 followers that they should kill anybody who's giving vaccine to children. And they, they, they carry this woman on their shoulders um, when that, if you're really a good, like a, a good, uh, in a good hearted protest, and you're really concerned about mandates and limitations that imposes stuff, you have to say, you have to distance yourself from people like that idiot Theo Fleury. You got to distance yourself from the queen of Canada, like all the, the Looney Tunes, you have to, you have to distance yourself from the people carrying Confederate flags, carrying Nazi flags, you have to you have to denounce people who are harassing citizens. You have if, if you want to be seen as a responsible movement, and and not be uh, uh, tarred by the, the the freaks on the edge, you have to point out that they're freaks on the edge. But the leadership of the the flu trucks clan has not been doing that. They have not been coming out resolutely and saying leave people alone. Um, well, I think they should be turning over the bad actors to the police themselves if they're actually serious about it being that about vaccines and not about this other stuff. Serious. What they're serious yeah. about is causing as much of a pain in the ass for the uh, Trudeau government as possible. There's people online uh, tweeting about uh, who's going to take Trudeau out and talking about the kind of ammunition they should use. I actually have a slightly deeper theory about what's going on with this stuff. Don't you always? I well, I cover this stuff on my YouTube channel, which is um, called Leanna K. Yeah, 
and it's real, on, real original name. Leanna K so. YouTube channel. Uh, yeah. videos four days a week, five days a week. If you're a patron. Yeah. Yeah. The Patreon video this week was actually about the, the, the convoy thing. Uh, and that's how I knew that Americans don't really don't have a picture of what's going on. Cause when I said that, you know, if they really wanted to go after mandates because their stated purpose now is they're going to stay until all the mandates are gone, right? Every single one. And this one, and by the way, said, that is that is holding hostage. They are kidnappers. They're holding. Well, this is this is what I make. This is what I want to get to. I get to control the political agenda because a few of them happen to be loud. I want to I want to break this down because break you it know, down. people people are being swayed by this thing that sounds good. Right. But and the 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 American take on it is. Well, yes, they should be protesting in Ottawa because the border thing is a federal mandate. And so it's Ottawa. And it's like, that's Canadian Border Services, guys. Like, that's a little different. Um, but also, they're not just focusing on trucker mandates. It's all mandates. And if that was their goal, they should be at Queen's Park, not Ottawa, right? Which there's there's something going on this weekend, apparently. But, uh, you know, we administer our healthcare services provincially. And this is what I want people to really, really pay attention to here. All right. Hang on. Hang on. Are you no, listening? Like, no, Are this you is, listening? This, Listen is now. this is just going to cut through the BS and really break down what this is about all right, right? You're building because it up. You're building yeah, this it up. is a this is a big thing about the americanization of our politics that drives me nuts okay here it is everybody Please okay listen to liana it drives her nuts there are a lot of things that various governments do that i don't like but i recognize that they have the constitutional power to do it right because that is the case you can educate people on it like I'm trying to do right now. You vote your conscience come elections, but you cannot demand a government not do something it has the right to do. That is different than insisting that somebody's human rights are being violated and that a government action is illegitimate, right? The provincial governments of this country, because of the way the Canada Health Act work, works, absolutely have a mandate. They do have the ability to enforce public health measures. Whether you like that or not, whether you agree with it or not, does not change that they have the right to do it. It is not an infringement on anyone's rights when there's a public health order. And that has been really muddied in this whole vaccine thing. You know, they're they're comparing it to like abortion rights and this and that. It's just utterly ridiculous. The comparisons that are being made and the the metaphors and the emotional reasoning that's getting thrown around pure and simple. The various governments of various provinces have the right to do these things. You know, protesting that is is about as effective as protesting paying taxes. They have the right to they have the right to levy those, too. You can think taxes are too high. You can think taxes are unfair and there's things you can do about that. But going down to a residential street and haranguing the people who live there and claiming you're doing it for some cause 
no, you are not in no universe. Does one thing connect to the other? You know what I'm saying? Yes, I know what you're saying. And while you were talking, I was just thinking about how sad it is that in this country, we don't have things like the Battle Hymn of the Republic that we could play underneath you. you know? We have the Hockey Night in Canada theme, but we can't use that. I don't know. We don't need that. Your, 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 your speech would have been so much uplifted by some good music underneath it. Personally, I think it was pretty good as it was. It was, but just imagine with the sense around of some extra theme music. Now it feels like you're making fun of me. No, what you said made complete sense. You said you were going to cut through the BS. You did. Okay, then we don't need music because that is its own form of emotional manipulative BS. Um, well, I will. Uh, uh, sorry, I just got an email, uh, a message from someone just popped up. What? checking your email I during the radio it just, show it popped onto my oh, screen oh you got you got one of those pop-up notifications yeah, and this yeah. guy has a youtube show <laughs> he's in the u.s i love how i he... just made a point about how our system works and you just completely derailed it with music and some spam email but he wants to know if we can get his youtube show in canada you want to tell you were talking about how americans don't understand Canada. Oh boy. There is a, there is a further example of what you were saying. Americans really don't get Canada. You know, you know, what's really obnoxious about it though, is that Americans don't get Canada. And then when you try to explain it to them, they tell you you're wrong because they saw a segment on American media or like the national post. That's a version of that. That's a version of mansplaining. Oh, it's it's yanksplaining. It absolutely is like when Americans tell other people what happens in the other person's country. It's like a uh, there's a online friend of mine who's in South Africa and they have different racial designations for different things. And Americans tell him he's racist all the time because of the names he uses for his own his own racial designation because he's South African, not American. So these Americans are telling someone who, you know, who was born under apartheid that and, and he's, he's a mixed race person. They call that in, in South Africa, they call mixed race people colored, which is a term we don't use anymore here, but they do. And he's constantly being told he can't use the term that is perfectly acceptable in South Africa because of American sensibilities. It's cracked. Uh, and I think that's a good place for us to uh, crack and crack. take a break. Yeah. Um, you've succinctly put the, uh, the, the, the argument into focus. Um, and uh, we will come back and talk about uh, uh, Aaron O'Toole. Okay, yeah. Oh, Might as well boy. talk about him this week because as of, as of the end of this week, no one's going to be oh. talking about him. Um, we'll be back on Saga 960 AM. So, uh, 
Aaron O'Toole got the shiv right between the ribs. Okay, but week. okay, but there was a vote within the Conservative Party, and a two-thirds majority wanted him out. They should have waited until like middle March, so they could have replicated the Ides of March and Caesar with everybody, including people we thought were his allies, just stabbing him. Because this is like a, a, a like the fall of Caesar in I, a sense. And you know what? I don't get why Aaron O'Toole, usually when a leader gets the sense that their time is done, they get the opportunity to resign themselves, mm -hmm, to have mm -hmm. some dignity. And either Aaron O'Toole uh, was com completely had his head up his ass and thought that he was actually had support in his caucus, um, or he wasn't given the opportunity to have the dignity to resign. They wanted to show him uh, being kicked out. And uh, neither option is particularly palatable. Um, and it leaves the conservatives uh, in a position to lose the next several elections. Well, based on the internal report that came out, they were already in this in that position. This just either exacerbates it or makes it abundantly clear that they have a serious problem. And don't get me wrong. I don't think that's good for Canadian politics. No, Canadian politics functions well when there is a good, uh, good faith opposition. That yeah, the loyal job, opposition. Yeah, that, that's <laughs> job is to make legislation better, right. not to simply kill legislation because right. it comes from the other side. Right, right. And unfortunately, it seems like the Conservative Party of Canada is being Americanized in that way. And that's that's cause for grave concern. I mean, the, the problem I have with O'Toole is he said a lot of things I absolutely agree with. The problem is they were in precise opposition to things he said two months previous, right? It, he was another one of these conservative politicians who said one thing to get the leadership. And, you know, he was a true blue conservative during the leadership race. And then he tried to pivot to the middle and didn't actually know what he thought, apparently, on, on certain things. And I understand why even a more moderate conservative would have an issue with that. It's bad messaging. But the problems in the conservative party go much deeper than O'Toole's leadership or lack thereof. And part of the reason I think they, they did this to O'Toole is that's what a party does when they don't want to admit their problems run deeper. Well, they've got, I mean, the leading lights in the Conservative Party now are, are a whack pack. Candace Bergen, Pierre Polyevre, um, uh, like the, the crazy wing, the lunatics have taken over the asylum. And we're going to see, they're going to drift further and further into permanent opposition territory. The more, because they, these are people who lose elections because the public determines they are too right of center to be comfort comfortable with a majority of Canadians. And every time they lose, they say, the problem was we weren't more right of center. Like they can't, th this is Einstein's thing about doing the same thing over and over and expecting to get a different result. They, they uh, it's like this scene in this movie, Quick Change with Bill Murray, where a guy tries to get on a bus with a, a guitar. The guitar. Across his oh, back. Geez, there's a reference. In, he tries to get in it. He can't get in because the guitar is strapped. And then he tries again and try. And at no point does he acknowledge or realize he can't get in because of the guitar strapped on his back. He's just oblivious, just keeps trying the same thing. And it doesn't work. And this is what's going to happen with the conservatives. They're going to tilt further right. They're going to take cultural influences from the U.S. Uh, hard right. 
and they're going to just completely lose any ability to get elected outside of Alberta and parts of Saskatchewan. Well, it just seems like the Conservative Party still thinks that money wins elections in in this country. And and if that were true, there'd be a series of permanent conservative majorities because they so out fundraise everybody else. Right. And they do that by playing to their hardliners. But come an election, you know, 51 percent, not even, you know, you can win a riding in a in a three way split with like 37 percent support. Right. It's just whoever wins the riding wins the seat. Right. So. 37% support and 72% support, it's still just a single seat. And they're all they're campaigning is to get this enthusiasm in a minority instead of consensus in a majority. And as the NDP does the same thing, but as long as both those parties continue to run elections that way under our current system, the liberals are going to win, maybe not majority governments, it'll be minority situations, but the liberals will continue to be the party in power. The, nat- the natural ruling party of Canada. No, and no, I- no, it's not natural, it's structural. Okay, structural ruling party of Canada. Why are you always, you're very, you're very specific. I talk nonsense and then you talk sense. No, but these words matter. When we start talking about things like natural or normal or things like that, big red, red alarm goes off in my head because those are emotional pummel words. They are not real in a in an electoral system, in a in a democracy, right? In a representative democracy, there is no natural ruling party. There is the party that gets elected. And one of the things that amuses me as we close is one of the names being bandied about running for the federal conservative leadership is Patrick Brown who was the leader, the leader of the provincial conservatives before Doug Ford, before the provincial conservatives gave, shivved him between ribs with the a, same way they shivved Patrick, or, uh, Aaron O'Toole. With apparently a completely phony story that totally fell apart. Yeah, they, uh, he's a glutton for punishment if he wants to do that. Wow. Um, he's currently mayor of Brampton. I, I, yeah. If I were him, I'd stay there and be happy. All right. Yeah, uh, me too. And that's it. Uh, we're done. Uh, Leanna's uh, on Twitter at the Red Leanna K. Mentioned earlier her video channel on YouTube, Leanna K. Um, I'm at newmusicnation.ca um, and at Ed the Sock. Um, Leanna, do you want to give a, give our uh, our sign off? Bye bye. Bye bye.